0: Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's good to see everybody here this morning.
1: Good to be able to see you this
0: morning. Just right. Just to be this morning. Amen. Oh, not a whole lot in the announcements. Uh, next Sunday, we are going to have special guests. Mitch is getting out of preaching again. But we will uh, we'll be hosting the uh, Sure Shot Turkey Dusters. Bluegrass Gospel Quartet, and uh, we've heard a little of what they've done, not a whole lot, but it uh, is bluegrass, and we're going to enjoy it. Amen. We have a, uh, a thank you card from Charlie Jones' family, uh, from Linda Ramey, uh, said, thank you for the beautiful flowers for Daddy's funeral. We appreciate them, the family of Charlie Jones. I believe that's just about it. Uh, you know of anything going on, Mitch? That, uh, nothing? No. All right. Well, then, let's uh, let's praise the Lord. But turning to number 13, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Aren't you going to sing for my birthday? birthday? Sing for your birthday? Is it your birthday? In
1: Jim. In- Jim and John.
0: Jim and John, and who else? Kathy? All right, I knew I was forgetting something this morning, but... Jim and John and Kathy and who else? You remember to
1: forget.
0: Yeah, my forgetter works real well. (laughs) Happy birthday. This week. Okay. Now let's turn to number 13 and stand and worship the Lord. 71. Take time to be holy.
1: sure our father and god lord we thank you so much because we have this opportunity right now as we have come together here in your house to take time to be holy lord help us to do that help us to listen for your voice to speak to us this morning and to obey whatever it is that you tell us Lord, we come together to fellowship around your table. We come together as community, as family, as friends, loved ones. And Lord, we know that we do sin. And sometimes we sin against one another. And during this time of worship, and especially during our time around your table, as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, it's a time... To remember that we are sinners who need a Savior who died for us. A time for us to reflect on how we've lived during the week. And anything that needs to be fixed. You give us that time to be holy. That time to repent. So Lord, we lift you up this morning. We are humble before you. Ask you to lift us up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
0: For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Mike Higgins has our uh, communion meditation this morning.
2: The title of the reading this morning is called, That's My Daddy. Two little girls were sitting on the seashore. One little girl said to the other, Do you see that sailboat out in the ocean? That's my daddy's sailboat, and I've been on it before. And do you see that big house sitting on the hillside? That's my daddy's house. That's where I live with him. Right then she recognized the jet up in the sky, so she said, And that jet up there in the sky, that's my daddy's jet. I have flown on that before. The other girl didn't have much money, but she did have wit, and she did know God. So she said to the other little girl, Do you see that sailboat out on the ocean? My daddy owns the ocean. The hillside where the big house sits, my daddy owns the hillside. And the jet that flew overhead in the sky... My daddy owns the sky. Do we comprehend who we are communion with every time we hold a piece of bread and cup of juice to remember Jesus? We have communion with God. Who doesn't just create simple things like sailboats, houses, and jets? He forgives, restores, heals, makes new. Communion is a good time for us to consider God who said... Who can compare to me? May we, gain, may, may we again be filled with wonder as we hold the cup and the juice and recognize the privilege of having communion with our Creator and Savior. This morning, as we look around just here in this building, see what God has created. Everything in this building, He has something to do with. He has created it, Amen. even us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that we can come into your house. And dear Lord, as we come in to worship you and show our love for one another and show our love towards you. Father, as we take of this loaf this morning, which represents our Lord and Savior's broken body, and this cup, which represents the blood that he shed thereupon Calvary's cross, that, dear Lord, we through him can have a hope of eternal life. And as we remember him as a suffering that he went through for each and every one of us, dear Lord, help us to show our love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Is there anyone who does not have the... Uh emblems for communion this morning. Thank you, Phil. Let's spend a few moments just silently talking to God, just one-on-one. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and passed it among them saying this is my body broken for you eat ye of it likewise the cup after they had eaten Jesus took it and giving thanks passed it among them saying this it's the new covenant in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Stand for the doxology. Turn to number 555 as we continue our, uh, our worship this morning. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. This morning from John Clemick.
1: Where you go? <laughs> well
3: last time I sang uh I had two songs that I was gonna do, and I decided to do one and do this one the next time. Well, that's um That song was All My Hope. And uh, so two weeks ago, I thought, well, Bob's probably going to ask pretty soon, so I figured I better uh, start practicing. Well, I couldn't find the right uh, video on YouTube. So I was like, well, I don't know what I'll do. Well, Bob happened to ask me last week, and I was like, well, I'm really not ready. And he, I Pretty said, good. what right. about. So yeah, what about in two weeks? Well, we're going to have uh, guest singers here. I'm like, all right, well, let me think about it. Well, then Mike gave uh, the communal meditation on hope. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm singing next week. <laughs> and then. Uh, it was it Thursday? I guess. I had been practicing, and uh, then I pulled uh, the turkey dusters that are going to be here next week. I pulled that up on Facebook. Sheil says, "Oh no, you're not doing that." I, s- I said, "No, no, that's that group that's going to be at the church." And uh, I said, "I'm sticking with it." I said, "I've been called to do this song, so." Amen. So then we turned on the TV and uh, we had already been watching America's Got Talent, and the group of nurses had already sang. And when I turned it on, they asked them uh, if they move on, um, what they're going to do. And uh, they said that uh, they just wanted to continue the message of hope. Wow. So I, said, I turned Sheila and I said, see. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I've been held by the Savior, I've felt far from above, I've been down to the river, I ain't the same, a prodigal return, all my hope is in Jesus, Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. I'm no stranger to the prison. I've worn shackles and chains. But I've been freed and forgiven. I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. Amen. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. Amen. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood, there's a kind of thing that just breaks a man, break him down to his knees, God I've been broken more than a time or two, then he picked me up and showed me what it means to be a man, All my hope is in Jesus, thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven, cause I've been washed by the blood, and I've been washed by the blood.
2: Reading this morning is taken from Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 36 through 46. Then Jesus, when he went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is possible, not possible, for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away and once more and prayed and a third time saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mike. Good morning.
1: Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, boy, boy, boy. Well, John, I've got something to add to that about that song. I'm really happy that you sung that song. I've been trying to find out what that song is all week long. I forget if it was Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday morning. I woke up, I had my alarm set on my Alexa, to wake me up to praise and gospel. Music. That song woke me up and excited me, got my day going, and ever since then I've been trying to find out what that song was. So, what's the name of it?
3: It's
1: All my hope. All my hope. By Crowder. By who? Crowder. Crowder. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that because that song really fired me up that morning, and uh, so now I know. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Things happen for a reason, folks. Oh, well, how's everybody doing? Hmm, somebody's added some artwork up here. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we have to remember when this scripture starts off, it says, then. Then Jesus. So the then refers back to what just happened. So what just happened? Well, they went into the upper room for the time of the of the uh feast of the Passover, and that's when Jesus established the Lord's Supper that we partake of here and changed the, the, the rules a little bit about what it stands for. And this also then right after the meal is when Jesus said that he was going to die uh, you know, at the hands of the Gentiles and, and that's, uh, the, that the disciples would all scatter and leave him to his own suffering. Oh, no, we would never do that. We would never do that. Peter especially declared, I would die even with you. And Jesus told him, no, before this day is over, you'll deny me three times. The truth is they all denied him. They all left. They may not have verbally denied him the way that Peter did. But they all scattered the way that Jesus said they would. This is leading up to that. And so then after this, they went to Gethsemane. And Gethsemane is where we find the scene of the garden. You know, I come to the garden alone. (laughs) And, And in the garden, there is where Jesus pours his heart out to his father. I mean, Jesus knows what's coming. He knows that he's going to be crucified. He knows that he's going to be beaten. He knows that he's going to be spit on and mocked. He knows that he has to face all of these things. And so he goes to pray for strength. And he asks his closest and his most mature three disciples to come closer with him and to pray with him. That would have been Peter, James, and John. Now, they had just said, We'll do anything for you, Jesus. We would even die for you. He says, Okay, pray with me. So he went a little further away from them, left them there to pray, and he goes a little few steps away and he come, begins to pray. That prayer was deep, folks. He said, Even to his disciples, that he felt in his spirit. That he was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And then he says, stay here and keep watch with me. Keep watch for what? Hmm. For what's about to happen. But pray with me. Pray with me. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, in my spirit, I'm overwhelmed and filled with sorrow even unto death. What they're saying is, is, I've been informed in some way or another, I believe that my death is imminent. And I, I desperately need someone to come and pray with me, some fellowship, some companionship, some love. And so here he's crying out to his own disciples, the closest, most mature three, he says, pray with me, watch with me. And he's gone for about an hour. And we're not told what all he prayed, but we get the gist of the, uh, of the prayer when he says, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Now, is, is Jesus questioning what's possible and what's not possible? No. He's not. He knows what's possible and what's not possible. But what he's saying is, "Is Lord, my flesh is telling me this is going to be very, very excruciating. It's going to be very painful, and I would, I would love to avoid that if at all possible. I really don't want to be beaten. I really don't want those nails driven through my hands and my feet. I really don't want to be beat." With a cat and nine tails. So if there's a way around that, Father, show me that way. But that's not where he stops. He says, yet, yet not as I will, but as you will. He's submitting totally to the Father, even though he knows he's going to face all these things. He says, Lord, he says, Father, if if, if I can go If I can go around this and still do what you want me to do, please help me to do that. But if I have to, I have to. It's kind of like Esther, isn't it? When Esther made that statement, that declaration, before she goes in to see the king, if I die, I die. That's basically what she said. That's not exactly... Word for word, but basically she's saying, if I die, I die, but I'm, I, I will do it. And this is what Jesus is. He's totally submitting himself to the Father. And he was gone for about an hour, and he comes back, and how does he find them? <laughs> Folks, think about the insult that's just been added to all of his agony. He asked his three closest and most mature disciples to pray with him, to watch with him. And he comes back in their sleep. That had to hurt. That was a sting. And what did Jesus say? After he found them sleeping, he woke them up. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? I mean, Peter, you just said you would die for me. You guys all said the same thing. And now you can't even pray with me for one hour. And he instructs them again, watch and pray. Why? So that you will not fall into temptation. Folks, there's a lesson right there for us. Watch. Watch what? Watch how we're living. Watch what's going on around us. Pay attention. Be alert. Be aware of what the enemy is trying to do as well as the blessings that God wants to bless us with. Be awake, be alert in your spirit. Be aware of what is going on around you and how God wants us to walk with him and talk with him and let him tell us we are his own when we have our own garden experience. He wants us there with him. He wants us to know his love completely and fully. But then the devil's there too. He sends his little imps to say, ah, you don't have to pay attention to him. You don't have to live that way. You can do whatever you want. Now that's a true statement, folks. We can. God has given us free will. We can do whatever we want. And ultimately... That is what we do. That's why we'll be judged. We do what we want. Not necessarily what God wants. But when we're in agreement with him, then we are doing what he wants. That's what Jesus, that's the point he's making here when he says, not my will, but yours be done. He's saying, not my will. I don't. Want to do this, Father. I don't want to feel all this pain, all this agony. For those of you who have suffered through some kind of disease and the treatments and all of that, you know that there's agony. You know that there's pain and sickness and and sorrow that comes with all of that. But God is right there with us. And the doctor may say sometimes, well, you know, if it goes this way, you got this long. If it goes that way, well, you've only got this long. And often our flesh wants to puff up and say, why me? That's not fair. Isn't it? What have we done that makes us so special that we should have favor over anyone else who's been through this? And... Isn't it, as we studied in our Sunday school lesson this morning, isn't it man who chose to sin in the garden that brought about sin and death and sickness in the first place? It wasn't God. If we had obeyed God, there would be no death, there would be no sickness. And while we're on the subject, how many of us, even though we're Christians, still sin from time to time? Oh, but yet we don't deserve the consequences of sin. Hmm, something to think about, isn't it? Lord, why me? Lord, why me? Lord, why do I have to Well, the better question is, why not me? And sometimes we know somebody who's lost, who is about to die. Then then we think, Lord, if only it could be me instead. Or that's what we should think. We try to win them, but if they won't, at least, you know, Paul himself said, Lord, if my people, the nation Israel, if they're not going to be saved, if it will help for them to be saved, take away my salvation. That's basically what he said. But Christ went on to tell Peter there and the others, Peter, James, and John, after he said, Pray so that and watch that you don't fall into temptation. He said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the spirit is with a small s. This is not the Holy Spirit, this is our spirit living within us, who we are in our essence. So, in a way, that was a compliment to them saying, Yes. With, with your being, with, with who you are spiritually, with who you are inside, you want to obey me. I acknowledge that. But your flesh is weak. And really what he's saying is, is your flesh is, is overcoming the spirit. The flesh is weak in the fact that it, it will not sur- submit, submit and surrender to the spirit. And therefore, you're walking in the flesh more than in the spirit. Then he went away a second time and prayed again. And it was a very similar prayer. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Well, what cup? What cup is he talking about? Well, again, it comes back to the Passover meal. The cup of dregs. The cup of suffering. This is the cup that Jesus was called to bear, to fulfill, to carry. He knows the suffering. We're told in another uh, of the gospels that while he was praying, he was so intense in his prayer that he sweat like drops of blood. And there are doctors who say, yes, that can physically, literally happen. There is a condition that can bring that about, that you can sweat drops of blood. But Jesus, here he's struggling. Have any of you ever had spiritual battles, struggling with sin? And, and your, your, your spirit Within you is wanting to honor God, wanting to do the right thing and saying no to that sin. But your flesh is fighting it, flaring up and saying, oh, yeah, but you know you want to eat that donut. Yeah. And the donut saying, I love you, baby. Come and get me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just for me, okay? <laughs> Maybe that don't apply to you. <laughs> Especially if it's chocolate. <laughs> And, and so you know, I, I think demons sometimes are dipped in chocolate. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is, is that this this struggle, this internal struggle, is what Jesus is going through here right now. Jesus in the flesh. You got to realize that he was fully human, just like we are, and this is shown here through the agony that he feels through this struggle. He is fighting. Against what he knows is going to happen. He doesn't want it to happen. His flesh is saying, oh, that's going to hurt. But his spirit is saying, it's the only way to obey God. It's the only way to obey your father is to do what he says. And so we learn from this that it's okay for us to Pour out our hearts when we're talking to God. It's okay to let him know that we're struggling. It's okay to let him know that we don't really like this. We don't really want to face this. But ultimately, then we surrender and say, Lord, I will if it's what you want. I will do it.
2: I don't like
1: it. <laughs> Doctor just said I have cancer and I have to go through so many treatments of of uh, uh, of radiation and i don't really want to lord i've heard some bad things about this stuff and chemo i don't want to do that but lord if that's your will i will do it you know it amazes me that in some of those experiences people meet some lifetime christian friends Sitting next to them, you're getting your treatment and this person's getting theirs or waiting. You're both waiting and, and, and conversations happen and, and, and you, you, you struggle together. You make friends who fight with you, who pray together to get through this. And that was what Jesus was expecting from Peter, James and John. But they failed him. They slept. He came back the second time and found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them. He didn't even wake them up the second time. He just left them, went away, and prayed again a third time. Now, folks, I don't think that there's any coincidence here that he went and prayed three times and came back and found them sleeping and then a little bit later Peter's going to deny him how many times? Three. Yeah, 3 times. 3 times. Mm. So he went back a third time and prayed the same thing, "Father, if it's possible, I don't want to face this. Take it away." But if it has to be that way, I'll do it. I don't like it. (laughs) Not jumping for joy about it, but I'll do it. Because it has to be done. You know that old saying, it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it? (laughs) Well, this was a very dirty job, and he's the only one who could do it. Because he was the son of God. The only one who could be the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. After that third time, he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It's too late now. Look, the hour has come. And the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of sinners. Are into the hands of the Gentiles. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. He asked them to watch and pray. He asked them to, to stay with him. To pray with him. To help him spiritually wrestle through this struggle. He wasn't asking them to help him to overcome this thing he had to do. He was asking them to support him in it. I have to do it. You know, it's like when we have a family member or a friend that's going through the chemo and the radiation. We support them in it. We pray for them. We pray with them. We check on them. And that's what he wanted. He wanted that love to be shown. But the devil had other plans. And he put sleep on the disciples. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe there's a demon of sleepiness. I really do. And I'll prove it to you. How many of you, when you pick up the Bible and start reading, you get real sleepy? Uh, huh? Yeah, there's a demon of sleepiness. They don't want us reading the Bible. We might get excited. We might learn that Jesus really loves us. We might learn something new and and be able to overcome the demons better. They don't want us to learn that, so... demon demon of sleepiness is sleep. But you know what? You can close the Bible and turn on the TV and you're wide awake. No problem, right? That proves it's a demon. Proves that it's demonic influence, folks. You know, these These three especially failed Jesus here when he wanted them and needed them the most. And I have to confess, I'm guilty. I let the Lord down sometimes when he has the most important thing for me to do. Something that I struggle with, something that I don't like, something I don't want to do, but he's telling me I need to do it. And sometimes I say, nope. Nope. Am I the only one? You see, there's a lesson here for us. But Jesus didn't get mad. He didn't tell them, okay, then you're all going to hell. He didn't say that. He still loved them anyway. Instead of leaving them laying there sleeping while the enemy was coming, he woke them up and said, come on, let's go. Let us go. He didn't say, I'm going. He said, let us go. He wanted them still with him. He wanted them still to learn and to grow, to know that no matter what they faced, he's going to be there. He wants us to know that. He wants you and me to know that no matter what we face, he's right there with us. We may fail him, but he will never fail us. Never. Never. Why? Because he's perfect. You know, what's sad is sometimes we get to thinking we are perfect. (laughs) Uh, or even better than most other people. Well, at least I'm not like, you know, so and so. Well, that's kind of like the prayer of the, the publican and the Pharisee. The sinner, of the publican, he cried out, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me. Oh, not the Pharisee, Pharisee says. God, I'm so good. I do this every day. I pray every day. I fast every day. I I tithe every day. I do this and I do that. I'm so happy I'm not like this guy, the sinner. And what's the Bible say? The sinner, the publican, he's the one that went away and received a blessing. Not the Pharisee who thought so highly of himself. We have to be careful because there's, there's two things the devil wants to do. One is he wants us to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to and make us arrogant and get so arrogant that we find we don't even need God. The other thing is he wants us to feel so bad About ourselves, that we're not worthy of God. Either one of those avenues is an avenue that Satan would love to take one of us down with. So we have to be aware. Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. Folks, that's the message. Don't let the devil win. Obey God. Walk with Jesus. Walk with the Holy Spirit guiding us. Don't lose sight of the goal. Don't let the devil sidetrack you with so many worldly things that you don't have time to read the Word of God, that you don't have time to go to church, that you don't have time to go to Bible studies and prayer. That's a trick, it's a trick of the devil. Don't let him cause you to think, oh, I'm so lonely. I'll never get married. Nobody will ever want me. Nobody will ever love me. No, that's all garbage. If you have that kind of thought, then what you should do is say, Lord, introduce me to the one you want me to be with and I'll wait. And then when you tell me, I'll know until then I'll remain faithful. I'll be good. I'll obey you. I won't I won't be like Abraham and Sarah. I won't try to get ahead of your game and, and say, well, I'll take her as your wife too. <laughs> Maybe she can have a child for me. Uh-uh. Oh, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. Now, I don't know where that came from, but that's for somebody. Because <laughs> I hadn't had no intention, no intention of mentioning anything about that. So that was a message for somebody. Just remember, God loves you. God's here with us now, and He's with us wherever we go. God is good. All the time. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Oh, missed a step. Okay. Thank God I didn't fall. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and great would be the fall thereof. Yeah. Break the floor. Our invitation here this morning is number 334. There's power in the blood. Let's stand and sing.
1: Thank God for that wonder-working power. Changed me.